Hello and welcome to Big Kid. I'm your host, KDC. On today's episode, we're talking about feelings. Dun, dun, dun. If you're anything like me, I spent a lot of my life ignoring my feelings denying that I had feelings. I would always say that I wore black because it was the color of my soul because I didn't feel anything (laughs) like a zombie or vampire or something. And I got really good at ignoring my feelings, at pushing them down and not feeling a thing ever. And I carried a lot of guilt and shame around it. And it wasn't until... I hit my rock bottom and I learned how to show kindness to myself and really become an investigator of my feelings that I grew a deeper connection with myself, which helped with other people. And then even helping me grow conversations with my kids about feelings and how to help them understand their own because as parents we want to protect so by teaching them how to deal with their feelings instead of yelling at their teachers when they decide to fail them because they didn't show up to their final <laughs> that is outside of your control helping them understand what's in their brain what's in their heart that will make them so much stronger so that's what we're going to talk about today Like I said, I was an expert, like a pristine expert at ignoring and pushing down my feelings. I denied that I ever had them. Um, I would numb myself completely, my brain, body, and soul by drinking, by eating, by ignoring loved ones, you know, being a classic teenage rebel. And It extended into adulthood and I numbed a lot because I hated feeling my feelings. I was scared that if I felt things that meant that I was under the control of my feelings and that didn't make sense to me. I found that thought very confusing that everything that was being thrown at me I had to deal with. No. (laughs) I'm a planner and I like to be prepared. So knowing that I don't have control freaked me out. So I combated that by becoming an investigator. I love true crime and I was an excuse for me to buy new notebooks. I would buy those like journalism notepads that like would flip up instead of (laughs) out like a book. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And I started recording. Whenever I would feel a big feeling, I would write it down. I would really take a look, like a legit investigator, at where the thought was coming from. So what was going on in that moment that brought up this feeling? I would write down where in my body I was feeling it. If my hands were sweaty, if my body heart was racing if I felt scratchy or pokey or just not okay I also think of the OG 93 Jurassic Park hello any other dinosaur fans out there and I think about when they find the first raptor fossil 
And once they discovered it, that just made them so eager to keep on going, right? The fact that it just how excited they were, just the thought that there could be something there. And that's how I had to look at my feelings and realizing that they were on my side. And if I could learn not how to control them, but how to deal with them, then I knew that I would be stronger. And I would mean that I would have control back. And (laughs) again, helped my self-confidence so much. And this is what I believe self-care really is. We're seeing a lot of frilly things out there about self-care these days about bubble baths and things as such and talking to some of the guys in my office and just in my life they see self-care as frilly like I said and bullshit in a way but for me self-care is knowing and owning my shit it's choosing different it's choosing better It's being that investigator, really figuring out why, where this feeling is coming from. And the fact that I don't have to make it mean anything and the fact that I can remember that I am not my feeling and that it is just there. Speaking of sweaty... (laughs) My hands are so sweaty as I talk about my feelings right now (laughs) and how I feel about feelings. Uh, So again, when I'm saying be an investigator about your feelings, this will help you build an understanding of where it is coming from because it was so powerful for me to realize that my feelings only came from within my brain. And that was the only time it would ever come up. And so this is what we need to teach our kiddos too. And think about when they're having a tantrum, right? They're acting in the only way they know how because they don't have the language to really understand how frustrated they are, how angry they are, right? And so it's important that we teach them what and how to feel it. The term that we throw around these days is snowplow parenting. So snowplow parenting is a thing that we're seeing so often these days, just parents wanting to remove every obstacle in their child's path. And I have mixed feelings about this. I completely understand wanting to protect our children and wanting to make sure that they're successful but at the same time is that our egos getting in the way making sure that they are successful means we are successful as parents that's a whole can of worms that I'm going to get into in another episode so don't worry that's coming your way soon but what I want to get back to is we want to protect them from their feelings so sometimes that's why we revert to snowplow parenting so I want us to think about preparing them for the feelings that they will experience in the world is going to protect them so much more than anything else 
So how do we help our kids with their feelings? Let's go there for a minute. So if you're anything like me, whenever I'm around a kid, a lot of the time, especially if they're a teenager, I just see my so much of myself in them and I just want to warn them of all of the evils and all of the things that I did that I want them to completely ignore. And I laugh because even as I say it out loud sometimes, I just think of when adults used to do it to me and how much I hated it and would just roll my eyes. So instead of opening up (laughs) in that type of sense and giving all the advice, I found it so much more helpful to just listen attentively and quietly. It's funny because I talk about being curious and so when it comes to kids, they're curious already. So part of our job is to make sure that we're creating space for them to be curious. So instead of giving advice, acknowledge what they're saying with a word just so that they can kind of investigate it on their own and you can get so much more out of a kid by not saying that much right so when they tell you that something happened at school that day a simple huh really I see that can go a long way Now, this is only going to work if you're being a caring adult about it in the situation because, again, try to think if you are a murderino or do like true crime like me, think of being that investigator and helping them be that other investigator with you. So by being the caring adult, by creating that space by letting them explore their own thoughts about what's happening and experiencing those feelings, that can go a very long way because it will also teach them to come up with their own solutions, right? I'm guilty of this too. When things go wrong, I'm always looking for a more adult adult than me to help me. (laughs) But that's not always going to work, right? We want to create problem solvers and I remember when my kids were younger wanting to fix all of their problems for them because it was just so much easier because right as the parent I did know better but when they have the capabilities we have to remember to let them do let them do it let them fail let them figure it out on their own and it's scary as fuck but I'll teach you how to get through that too. I think part of wanting to protect our kids is not wanting them to feel pain or hurt or grief, but we know that is a part of life. So if we can help acknowledge the fact that they are going through these things, that will help so we need to give them the vocabulary and the language to identify what they're feeling so I'm coming across a bunch of kids right now that will be transitioning into a new school next year because of junior high because of high school those kinds of things and so the conversations we're having are about that fear and nervousness so they're talking about going to visit these new schools and how big they are so my response is ooh that's nerve-wracking so 
that they understand like when they're explaining how big it is and how many lockers there are and how many classrooms there are and how there's two floors to the school instead of just one and there's no portables anymore and all of the bathrooms are crazy I, I, I would be nervous and so by saying it in that moment it will tie that experience with that word so and again just letting them keep going keep talking right and again just making that the conversation we think that by giving a name to it that it will hurt the child's experience when they are feeling the feeling but it's definitely the opposite because when they hear the word that of what they're experiencing we're giving them the space to see what's going on in their brain and in their heart so that we're tying positive experiences to these feelings so that when they do come up in the future it's oh yeah i remember what it was like to feel nervous it was it, it was scary in that moment but then it was okay then i was excited to go to that school i was excited to be in all of those classrooms and meet all of those new people and to have a nice new bathroom where the toilets are not so short well that's not a problem for me because all toilets are tall for me but i digress <laughs> I'm sure just like us, we get angry, so do our littles. And so in those instances, it's important, again, just like with adults, that it's important that we do have space to feel anger. <coughs> Excuse me. It's not okay to be angry with our hands, with our fists, with right? In a violent way, which sometimes tantrums can turn into. So it's reminding our children that there are boundaries for that, for those behaviors. But the behavior is very separate from the child. So when you're angry at your kid, right? remembering to again that you are not your feeling and that your child is not their behavior just like an addict is not their addiction it's crazy to know that our emotional brain responds so much faster to incoming information than our analytical one so that means our emotional responses are what's happening first before logic kicks in so again, thinking about being a parent, I want to prepare my kid for the emotional part. I want to prepare myself for that part and make sure that I can handle it. Knowing that the scariest thing that can ever happen to me is only a feeling, I'm going to be prepared. So knowing the truth and my truth, being a fact hunter, an investigator of my feelings and my thoughts that create them is the first step to knowing yourself <laughs> it's the first step in my coaching process it's the first step in knowing your feelings into having better relationships this is it be an investigator be an archaeologist dig that shit up 
be like Indiana Jones. <laughs> so the second part of how to feel our feelings and just be better humans is to dare to look at life or the situation that's causing your feeling through a different lens. So if you're tying a person and holding them responsible for how you're feeling, I want you to look at, at it from their point of view. This has been so helpful for me in my own relationships to really understand where the other person may be coming from because I know my way, which is the right way. <laughs> um, I'm always wondering how people don't see it from my point of view. Why don't they understand? Ah, and I spent so much time being aggravated by that thought that I drove myself crazy. I drove myself so crazy. So I needed to step outside of myself and really evaluate what is their truth? What is their experience? Because even as siblings, we can grow up in the same household and have complete different experiences about the same situation. So even when it comes to working as a team and in my own relationship, like we will all have different experiences. So it's important for me to understand where they are coming from. And again, with our kids, we could be feeling the exact same thing, but have different experiences about them. So the next part of feeling our feelings, this is the hardest part and the part that I hated the most is that now you got to feel it. You got to breathe into it, lean into it. <sighs> this is how I used to feel about the feeling it part. And this is where I got really good at avoiding this part, numbing every part of it so that I didn't have to feel. I got really good at stuffing it down with food, with alcohol, with people, with things, and none of it mattered. And it all went away. And at the end of it, the only thing I had left was me. So after numbing hard, I knew that I needed something different. I knew that <laughs> the, wasn't the life that I wanted. I didn't want a life where it was only me and my sorrows and my pain and this story and version of myself. I wanted to let people in. I knew that I needed to change. And so I like extremes. So I went from crazy alcoholism and such to 100% sober. The drinking part was a lot easier for me than the overeating part that took only up until recently and even still. I'm still dealing with it, but knowing, again, being that fact hunter and knowing my truth around what it means to be me, it means to be sober. It means to treat myself better. My self-care is knowing my shit. It's owning my shit. It's choosing differently. So again, this the thought of I am not my feeling came in so helpful for me at this point 
because I needed to remind myself that I am not my anger. I am not my anxiety. I am not my depression. How to feel it? You got to sit with it, like really. And again, this is when I would investigate at the same time. But just sit with it, breathe it, and just let it happen. I'll do a body scan even at this point, something you learn in meditation. Just start at the top of your head and just notice and just go down your body of and just notice what you're feeling as you do as you scan <laughs> down your body. Think of like walking through the giant sensor things at the airport <laughs> right and they're just scanning top to bottom so what is happening in your brain in your body as you scan top to bottom and the most important part is to feel it all the way through until it's gone and then let it go I I'm a visual person, can you tell? Which is funny, having a podcast. But um, I think of holding a balloon and then just letting it go. And that is my feeling, just floating away. It's not holding me down. I may be carrying several balloons at one time, but the beauty is, is that they're not weighing me down and I can just let them go. I don't mind that they're with me because balloons are pretty right especially if I'm picking the colors for the balloons <clears throat> but I have the choice to let them go and it helps me look at it with no judgment just more compassion to really feel it because I'm still learning and I'm grateful for all of it because I'm here I'm here to feel I'm here to learn So the last step is to remember that there's always a choice. (laughs) When big feelings would come up, I'd freak the fuck out because I thought I wouldn't be able to handle it. I would be so nervous when there would be a death in the family because I was so scared of what that meant when someone that has been such a big part of my life passed away. What does that mean for our crew? What does that, how does that change the dynamic of our house? How does that, uh, uh, there's so many feelings and thoughts that can stir because of a death in the family. But my choice was to remember them and to still talk about them and to remember and love them every single day, even though they're not here. It's the same kind of choice and it's my truth and it's my brain that creates these feelings. Okay, so I want to challenge you with this thought if I haven't challenged you with enough thoughts already with this episode, but talking to my coaching clients and just people out in the world online in passing, asking them how they're feeling, what they're doing, what they want from life. A lot of the responses is, I just want to be happy, followed by a big, (sighs) just even saying that sounds so exhausting. And I think it's because it's not real. We're not supposed to be happy all the time. Let's be real for a second. If that were the case, Trump would not be president for real, right? Think about that. If we were supposed to be happy all of the time, 
there wouldn't be war. There wouldn't be pain. There wouldn't be suffering. Trump would not be in office, right? Like none of that shit would exist. It would be a utopia. That's what being happy is all of the time. (laughs) I was watching a Super Soul Sunday episode um, and Oprah was saying that people that are happy all the time, yeah, there's medication for that. (laughs) We're not supposed to be happy all of the time, right? I want you to think of your role model for happiness and somebody that you believe is 100% happy all of the time, right? There, there's a lot of culture around Instagram right now even about how that is not real life and how it's curated and bullshit and not authentic, right? Because people are choosing what to put out into the world. And that's part of why I like to show my struggles on Instagram as well and even here and on the blog because life is a struggle. We're not supposed to be happy all the time. So if that's true... We're going to have to learn how to deal with guilt and grief and all of the bad shit. That's why we have to prepare our kids to how to deal with the hard shit too. I like to think of a yin-yang <laughs> um, because opposites are complementary, right? They're interconnected and interdependent. So what does that mean, right? I, that's how I look at the positive and negative feelings we're supposed to have them all that's what being alive is that's what life is about and it sucks because the lows feel so goddamn low and why it makes the highs so sought after because they're so great but again now knowing that life is not supposed to be good all the time now what happens for me, I knew that I, that meant, <coughs> sorry, that meant for me, I wanted to fully understand my feelings. I wanted to allow them. I wanted them to show up. I do not become them and I let them go. I know my truth around my feelings. I know when I first experienced them, I know that if that experience was negative, that's probably why I still have a negative tie to that feeling and knowing that I can change that truth my truth is whatever I choose to believe and that's it that's what truth is it's what I choose to believe so knowing my truth was important it's just neutral the cup just is did you listen to that podcast episode where I just talked about how the experience and how Is the cup half empty or half full? For me, it's neither. The cup just is. It's just there. Either way. It doesn't matter if it's full or empty. (laughs) Right? I can empty it. I can fill it back up. It's, It's my choice either way. And it just is. I dare you to look at your feelings from a different lens, from a different perspective. And I dare you to feel it. I dare you to feel it all the way through. top to bottom, positive and negative. And then choose what to do next. Remember that the choice is yours. The feelings are yours. They do not happen to you. They happen for you. So now what? 
I was scared as hell to put out this episode. (laughs) But now what? (laughs) This was my choice. This is what I want to talk about. This is how I want to feel my feelings. And I hope you do the same. So when it comes to our kids, I want you to think of when you had to potty train. (laughs) Right? Um, we We teach them to notice it in their bodies first. Oh, does your bladder feel full? Think about it like a gas tank. (coughs) Is your bladder full, right? Do you notice these feelings? Notice it in your body. That's when you have to go to the bathroom. That's that's how we teach them how to feel their feelings. Think about it like potty training. (laughs) So April's feelings are guilt and gratitude. And that's what we're looking at throughout the month of April. Right now, there's a gratitude challenge going up on the newsletter with sign up where every week I'm sending you a gratitude prompt, just uh, ways for you and your family and friends to look for new ways and places to find gratitude. So last week was gratitude in nature. I figured with spring and with the changing of seasons and things being green, which is silly because it snowed yesterday. (laughs) But what happens with the change in seasons? What can you be thankful for in nature? Because going outside is so helpful for finding gratitude, for resetting your brain and yourself. One thing that I loved about the change of weather was the fact that we have full access to all of our parking lots again because the giant snow and ice piles have now melted. (laughs) I love that there's so many wildlife and animals outside again. I see deer almost every single day and other (laughs) animals. There's just more time we can spend outside. The sun is up so much longer now. So much gratitude in nature. This week is finding gratitude for ourselves. And that can be hard because we like to focus on our struggles and sometimes we don't spend enough time celebrating ourselves. So for this week, that's what I want you to do is really find things excuse me, that's what I want you to do this week is to find things to be proud of yourself for. I'm patting myself on the back right now for finishing and recording this episode. I'm high-fiving Casey, who will be editing this podcast episode. Girl, I'm proud of you for that too. So don't forget to show gratitude for yourself. That's an important part too. So friends, You have a lot of things to think about, and I hope I gave you something good. Let me know if you have questions. You can send me an email at hello at kdcnyyc.com. You can go to the website, kdcnyyc.com. Hit me up on Instagram at bigkidpod or (laughs) at kdcnyyc for my personal page. And let's connect. Let's talk about feelings more. I want to know how you feel guilt, how you feel gratitude. I want to know, now I'm just thinking of Craig Craig David songs. (laughs) I'm not going to sing. No, I'm not going to sing. I think that's the perfect place to end this. Have a great weekend. Have a great week. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.